0: Just because I hold to a pre-tribulation view doesn't mean I don't believe bad things can happen. Former Soviet Union, those behind the Iron Curtain, Cuba, what's going on in Venezuela now, and Brazil. That can all happen here, and it is happening here. Christians are not promised their best life now. We can go through horrible things without it being the tribulation, but it can sure feel like it, relatively speaking to what we've experienced in the past. But isn't it interesting that all of these things are happening to Dr. Mercola and his team and company, and we have not even yet, we have not even yet seen central bank digital currencies. Yeah, go through the uh, go through the tribulation. Did I say the rapture? I meant the tribulation. So I'm not planning on going through the tribulation. I am planning on going through the rapture. <laughs> but I like to know what all these people are doing that think we're going to be here all year. De- oh, you guys are into escapism. Okay, whatever. I'm just trying to follow the Bible. I don't, I don't, I don't cut people off if they don't disagree with me on this. My eschatology. I see some pretty aggressive articles coming from the other side. Here's the funny thing. Most of us agree on so many issues. But if someone wants to have a different eschatology, I don't cut them off. I don't I don't not, not interview them. My friend Aaron in Israel, you heard of him the other day. He doesn't believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. Do I stop interviewing him? No, I just don't want to discuss that topic with him. If we disagree, we'll agree to set it aside and talk about the things we do agree on. But I'll tell you something, the attacks coming from the other side is ridiculous. But again, I go back to the question. If they really believe they're going through all this, why are they not preparing? Joining me now to discuss this and many other issues is Dr. Andy Woods. Dr. Woods, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: Brandon, good to be here today. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. What are your thoughts on what I've been saying?
1: Well, um, you know escapism i guess we could talk about that i mean isn't all of christianity escapism (laughs) i mean seriously when you think about it i mean i heard the gospel when i was 16. you know i was told if i didn't accept it, i'd go to hell and I, i i didn't want to go to hell i still don't want to go to hell i'm glad i don't have to go to hell so i trusted in christ as my savior So if people are going to accuse me of escapism, I guess I'll plead guilty to that. I mean, I think all of Christianity, you know, is escapism. You know, but you're right. If we're actually in the tribulation period now, um, why aren't these guys preaching this? You know, why aren't they doing more? Um, I think those of us that are pre-trib, you know, yourself, you, you talk about, you know, having some resources on hand, you know, just in case things go south. I mean, we're doing more um, in terms of being survivalists than they are. And by the way, we we prep not because it has anything to do with our eschatological view. We prep because we're living in a fallen world and bad things can happen this side of the rapture. So, uh, you know, I'm a prepper, not because of my eschatology. And if um, I'm going to if people are going to call me an escapist, uh, I guess I plead guilty to that charge.
0: Yeah, because we want to escape the wrath of God to come,
1: right? Well, amen. And, and Jesus actually said to the Jews in the tribulation in Luke 21, pray that you will escape all of these things. So he's actually telling them to pray to escape. So, you know, I this, this charge of escapism, it, I've never fully understood stood that. I mean, of course I'm an escapist. I mean, I, if I wasn't an escapist, I wouldn't be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Well, there, there well, again, as I said, we want to escape the wrath of God to come both eternally, but there's going to be a time of wrath of God on the earth, and I don't want to be a part of that,
1: right? Well, of course not. Who, who in their right mind would want to be part of it? And you won't be part of it if you're a Christian, because God promises you that you will escape his eschatological wrath, uh, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 9, and then you're actually going to escape hell, itself Uh, Romans 5 verse 9 Romans 8 verse 1 there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus I mean, all these people that are saying you know how do you know you're not going to be here for part of the tribulation it I would turn it around and say well how do you know God is not going to dangle you in hell for 45 minutes when you die you know and 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 then rip you out and and take you to heaven Um, so the way these guys think I'm It just confuses me.
0: Yeah. Well, again, if you think you're going through the tribulation, wouldn't these guys be preparing? I mean, wouldn't they be doing some of the things I'm saying? And Yeah, I've done a thousand times more than most of them have. And I'm not planning on going through the tribulation.
1: And they're the people that make fun of you for arguing for prepping. (laughs) So you see what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, oh, Brandon House, he's a prepper, you know, well, if 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 you're post-trib or mid-trib or three quarters rapture, whatever you are, I mean you should be a prepper on steroids. <laughs> so what? So so why are you making fun of Brandon for, you know, having some freeze-dried food in your house? Exactly. I mean this is this is how you know a worldview is off because it doesn't work in the real world. I mean it might sound good in a podcast or behind a you know a lectern in a seminary classroom, but When you start seeing these blatant contradictions in a worldview, in terms of how it works in the real world, uh, you know it can't be true because God, at the end of the day, is workable and he's logical.
0: For all these people that think the rapture, the partial preterist, the preterist, they think the rapture's already occurred. You know, Rome got sacked in AD 70. Nero was the Antichrist. Um, I mean, this is so goofy, but they're out there. R.C. Sproul was a partial preterist. You got Gary DeMar, Gary North. I mean... Goes on and on and on. Not that I don't agree with some of those people on some points, but uh, yeah. it's just it's just uh, an odd system. Uh, yet so much of what we see in the Bible is lining up today.
1: Yeah, I mean they have to argue that the Book of Revelation was written in the 60s to make it a prophecy about AD
0: 70, and that and, and you're not saying 1960s. You're saying as in 60 before eighty
1: seventy, 70. Yeah, as in the Neronian <laughs> yes. time period. Because how can Revelation be a prophecy about Nero? You mentioned it earlier. They think uh, the first beast is Nero. How can it be a prophecy about Nero unless the book of Revelation was written before, you know, at or just a little before the time of Nero? So the first problem they have is they've got to yank the date real early, and that goes against countless realities mark hitchcock wrote his whole doctoral dissertation you know just disproving that you can find it on the pre-trib website www.pre-trib.org mark hitchcock had a debate with hank Hanegraaff on this and just completely cleaned his clock um you know this view that revelation is a neuronian date that goes against the whole of contemporary scholarship, it goes against the external evidence, it goes against the internal evidence. And then to make that argument, you have to take Revelations' global language, you know, the whole sea turning to blood red, for example, um, and you have to shrink it and pretend like it's some kind of local event when Rome, you know, sacked Jerusalem in AD 70. So you have to set aside the normal laws of language words and phrases can't mean what they ordinarily mean, if you're going to buy into that system. And yet, some of the people that are considered the greatest theologians on planet Earth, you mentioned the late R.C. Sproul was an advocate of this system. And it's not mishearing R.C. Sproul on the radio. He's got a whole book about it. It's called The Last Days According to Jesus. I mean, look it up, get the book, read it for yourself. And that's the only way this partial preterist system works. And then they turn around once they get to certain passages about the second coming. They suddenly start arguing, oh, well, those are literal. Uh, everything else in the book of Revelation is allegorical. So it's a, a dual hermeneutic is what they're doing.
0: Look at this, Ezekiel 38, verse 12. To capture spoil and to seize plunder. Here it is. You guys want to put that on the screen to turn your hand against the waste places which are now inhabited and against the people who are gathered from the nations who have acquired cattle and goods who live at the center of the world. So Ezekiel 38, Dr. Woods tells us Israel will have a lot of spoils. Why is this in our lineup today? What are we talking about? Israel's wealth?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the prophecies of the end times don't just indicate Israel will return to her land in unbelief. I mean, that's miraculous in and of itself. But also, she's going to become phenomenally wealthy. In fact, she'll become so wealthy that that will furnish the motive for the nations in the famous Gog Magog passage, Ezekiel 38 and 39, to invade the nation of Israel. So every time you see Israel in the headlines, and you, you see any reference to Israel's wealth, that's a fulfillment of prophecy. It's stage setting. Mark Twain, of course, visited that part of the world in 1867. He wrote about it in his book called Innocence Abroad, about two years later, he said, there's nothing here, but you know, a barren expanse. And God, faithful to his prophecies, has done exactly what he said. He's recycled the Jews back into their homeland, and now they have a gross domestic product that outstrips that of her neighbors.
0: Well, let's look at that. Here we go. Israel, sure. $467 billion GDP. Egypt, $396 billion, Jordan, $45 billion, Lebanon, $19 billion. There you go. Israel is, is crushing them on, on gross domestic product. And again... That nation didn't come back into existence until May of 1948.
1: Yeah. And so when people see things like this, they ought to pay attention to God's prophetic word. So that's why I grabbed this article here from times of uh, July 16th, 2020. It says four groups submit bids for new gas uh, exploration tender offshore Israel and it talks there about how Israel with what's called the Leviathan uh, has a discovery there of 22 trillion cubic feet of natural gas. And I don't know if you could back up for a second and put up Deuteronomy 33.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, That's a fascinating prophecy because it's something that God said concerning the tribe of Asher. In fact, when you look at a when you look at a Bible map, you'll see that Asher um, is kind of in the northwest part of the country, uh, right next to the Mediterranean. And this is what Moses said. He said of Asher, he said, more blessed than the sons of Israel. May he be favored by his brothers. May he dip his foot in oil. And I think oil there at, at bare minimum is describing wealth. And so it's kind of interesting to me that Asher is in that tribal uh, section of the nation, you know, right next to this massive natural gas discovery. And I think we're just starting to see the beginning of things like this. There's oil been discovered in Israel. I think we've talked on this program about gold, potential gold discoveries in Israel. And uh, this is all an outworking of Bible prophecy.
0: Yeah, absolutely let's go to saudi arabia so we started out with israel's wealth now let's go to saudi arabia tell me about this dr woods
1: well ezekiel 38 verse 13 um very interestingly gives you the posture of saudi arabia on the eve of this invasion that's described in ezekiel 38 and 39 It's interesting that they're the only nation, Sheba and Dedan, that voice any kind of complaint against the invasion. You know, the United States of America is not there voicing a complaint. It's Sheba and Dedan. And we believe Sheba and Dedan is Saudi Arabia. And so we've expected for a long time for diplomatic ties to solidify between Israel and Saudi Arabia. And that's why she's she speaks out. And so that's why this article from Axios.com you know, was very interesting. It says, Scoop, Saudi Arabia commits to allowing Israeli reps to attend UNESCO meeting. And then it says in the middle of the article why, why it matters. It says, if Saudi Arabia, which does not have diplomatic ties with Israel, upholds its commitment, it will be the first time the first time representatives of the Israeli government officially and publicly entered the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and so the unthinkable is happening uh, Ezekiel said 2,600 years ago it would happen but diplomatic ties are actually starting to exist between those two nations and that becomes the reason why Sheba and Dedan voice um, a protest against this Gog Magog invasion Mm. all right what's our next point dr woods well we can go uh anywhere i mean the next one on the list is anti-semitism
0: well let's do that because here we have an article uh at israel today palestinian summer camps to kill jews
1: (laughs) you know it's funny uh here we are in the middle of july we've just kind of finished the camp season at our church um what would you think brandon if uh your kids wanted to go to camp, and this is what they were learning right in the middle of the article. It says, as in previous years, the summer camps focus on familiarizing the youngsters with weapons, including the AK-47, sniper rifles, RPG launchers, mortars, and machine guns. And then in the process, these young kids Uh, We're basically taught that it's okay to kill Jews, Um, after all, you're on a holy jihad to rid uh, the Jewish people from the Mediterranean to the Jordan, uh, which is not just a sliver of Israel, it's all of Israel. And you're, you're trained at these camps to hate Jewish people, and they start you off there in the first grade, and you're shipped off to summer camp. Um, what would parents around here say if that's where their young kids were going for camp? I mean, obviously we'd be outraged, but this is what's normal from the Palestinian. Hmm. Hmm. This is what the Biden administration wants to give money to. And and, it's, it's, and and
0: the Jews don't have camps for killing, teaching their kids to kill Palestinians now, do they?
1: Not that I know of. Um, if anything, the Jews have self-defense camps, and I don't think it's very very young ones, but but this is uh, the diabol—it's child abuse. I don't know how else to say it. This is the diabolical brainwashing that the Palestinian youth are forced to submit to. And that's why there's so much tension in the region. The intifada, which is mentioned um, in the article is typically been caused by youngsters that come out of these camps. So all the trouble that we see you know, in the newspaper about terrorist attacks in the land of Israel. There's a reason for it. Um, The young Palestinian children are trained to think this way.
0: Mm, 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 mm. Right. Let's go to uh, China-Russia Axios. Russia-China connection, because the Bible seems to speak to that, does it not?
1: I think it does, because in Ezekiel 38 and 39, you'll see Rosh or Russia as one of the invaders. And then when you factor in Revelation 9 and Revelation 16, the sixth uh, trumpet judgment and the sixth bowl judgment, you'll see the kings of the east invading. In fact, here's the passage here. And the six yeah. angels
0: sounded and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, one saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates and the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released so that they might kill a third of mankind. And the number of the armies of the horsemen was 200
1: million. I heard the yeah. number of them. 200 million. Yeah. yeah, and when John wrote that, there weren't even 200 million people on planet Earth. And you put that together with Revelation sixteen twelve, which is describing the end of the process. It says the Euphrates and its water was dried up so that they would prepare the way for the kings of the East. Now, the question is, who is this massive army of 200 million? I'm of the persuasion of the late John Walford, you know, in his revelation commentary, he said, keep your eye on China. He said that back in that commentary in 1966. And so if he's right on that, it explains all of these news articles that we see constantly about the aggressive nature of China today. But well, here's one Here's in, one
0: right here, American Military News. China anticip- intensifies military drills with Russia amid sanctions.
1: Yeah, so if Russia is going to play a role and China is going to play a role, if we're right on that, um, is it too far-fetched to believe that the two nations would start cooperating with each other? And that's exactly what's happening, according to this AmericanMilitaryNews.com com article, it documents how the two have been cooperating with each other economically and more importantly than that, militarily, uh, going back at least five years. And it documents all of the joint military exercises the two nations ran uh, in concurrence with each other.
0: Uh, Dr. Woods, uh, we have been showing here on the broadcast last night the lines that are reportedly uh, Sam Altman has been putting out on Twitter video of people signing up long, long, long lines in various parts of the world. I report on it more extensively tonight on my Worldview Report newscast. Uh, s- gladly signing up to go get their iris scanned to be a part of the WorldCoin global cryptocurrency. Uh, I had a clip I played last or earlier this week of Aldous Huxley talking about how the world would get to a point... This was like 1958, black and white interview with Mike Wallace and Aldous Huxley. He said the day's coming where the people of the world would love their their servitude, love their slavery. And here are these people signing up to have their eye scanned, their, their biometrics, because they're so excited to enter into digital slavery.
1: Well, um, I think the world has been properly psychologized. Yeah. to accept this kind of thing. And I think that the thing that we value now above everything else, this is what makes Brandon yourself and myself and people like us different Is we value freedom, and independence. Uh, the world doesn't value that the nope. way we do what nope. they value is is security. In fact, if you're going to give me freedom and independence, I'm willing to risk a little insecurity for that because when I balance the two, you know, my winning team is freedom and independence, but the world says no, we want to be safe and secure. And the moment the government gets in the business of making us all safe and secure out the window goes freedom and independence. So, you know, we don't have the rugged individualism we used to have uh, here in the United States, and we have a whole generation that's been, been conditioned to elevate security above all else. And that's why people are lining up, you know, to take this uh, Iris scan. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Let's here it is. Uh, Commonwealth backs scraps. excuse me, Commonwealth Bank scrapes over the counter or scraps over the counter. Uh, I got learn to read here, house. Commonwealth Bank scraps over the counter cash withdrawals and deposits at many branches across Australia. Well, there you go. Yeah, when we talked about that a few years ago, that was conspiracy talk. When We talked about how hard it will be to get your money out of the bank.
1: Yeah, I mean, according to this article, this particular bank in Australia, without anybody's approval or permission in terms of the Aussie, you know, citizenry and population, they just started in different locations saying um, this facility is not designed anymore for over-the-counter, you know, cash deposits or cash withdrawals. So your bank, in other words, where you live, doesn't deal with cash anymore. Um, Surprise, surprise. Uh, Sorry we didn't tell you in advance. And so this is uh, something that's happening where cash is actually being phased out. And it's not even the government that's doing it directly as far as I know. It, It looks like it's a private individual bank that's making that decision.
0: And of course, that's the corporatism, the communitarianism we've warned about. Yeah. The public-private partnership of Klaus Schwab. Uh, corporations are going to do a lot of the bidding for government. Worldcoin CEO. We were just talking about this. Worldcoin, Sky yeah. Iriscan, and I guess he has said, "World ID is coming, whether you like it or not." World ID is coming, whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah, and it's this is kind of a combination of CBDCs, um, Iriscan world identity. And what's interesting is he says it's coming whether you like it or not. And then he makes the statement, you won't be able to participate in society unless you receive this. Now, if that's not Revelation 13, 16 through 18, I don't, I don't know what is let's let's go to that just so people know it's really there.
0: Look at that. Look at this, folks. Look at that. According to WorldCoin's executives, World ID or something like it will soon be mandatory for everyone who wishes to partake in regular society. The word society yeah. is in here a second time. Let's see if where it is. Here we go. Here we go. Yep. There'll be no escaping requirements to verify your identity if you want to take part in society, access your money, buy food. <laughs> and you wonder why I'm telling people to stock up on food. They're going to use food to control you. But hey, when you have not I've been trying to tell people the food part since 2016. So, how many years is that? 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 20, 20, seven years I've been telling you stock up on food because they're going to use it to control you. Well, here they're admitting you're not going to be able to buy food unless you take part in their digital tyranny.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this guy, uh, Alex Belania, if I'm pronouncing that right, that made this statement. You know, you wonder what a guy like this understands about Bible prophecy. It's almost like he opens the Bible, reads Revelation 13, 16 through 18, about the mark of the beast, and then says, you know, let's come up with something today that approximates as close as possible to what the Bible says for the end of the age. But, you know, we know these things because God is prescient. He's revealed to us the end game, and that's why when we study his word, we have insights into uh world coin and all of these other things that are happening wow.
0: uh this this guy alex Blania said quote something like world id will eventually exist meaning that you will need to verify you are human on the internet whether you like it or not that's what the world coin ceo said so instead of the uh irritating little graphic uh pick all the street signs pick all the bridges you know everybody has to click that you know to make sure you're human <laughs> you won't need to do that anymore. You'll have a national ID, a world ID that you use to log in the
1: internet proving you're a human. And, and it's happening, 150,000 participants in uh, Spain, um, 20,000 new ones each day. Uh, in Portugal, 120,000 participa- per- participants. Uh, Germany is said to be warming up to the project ever since it started expanding two months ago. So it's not like uh, we're talking about something that's on the horizon. We're talking about something that's here. It just hasn't caught on yet, you know in in North America, but yeah. it's obviously being beta tested all around the world as we speak.
0: <clears throat> Life site news top economist central banks are planning CBdc currency implants under your skin. This is what a central banker. <laughs> poorly told economist Richard Werner, there are plans to issue CBDCs that look like a small grain of rice to be implanted
1: onto your skin. Yeah, and then that article he makes the point that the globalists are saying this is the only way to administer UBI, which stands for universal basic income, which is just another word for saying communism or socialism. Uh, Everybody is kind of guaranteed, you know, the uh, a certain standard of living. This, by the way, is part of the UN's SDGs, um, Sustainable Development Goals 2030. They want to eliminate hunger and poverty. Well, this is how they're going to do it through these UBIs. Look, look there it and, is.
0: I want to show the audience and read it. He further predicted that central banks will use a carrot and stick approach. To persuade people to adopt central bank digital currencies under the skin, starting with generating economic crises, starting with e- generating economic crises that will induce a demand for universal basic income. Now, notice what he's saying there, folks. He's saying what we've been telling you guys for how many decades I've been doing this? Manufactured crisis. Manufactured crisis. What did John Maynard Keynes say? Fabian socialist John Maynard Keynes, Keynesian e- economics, by a continuous process of inflation. We can steal the majority of the people's wealth and not one man in a million will know what we're doing. What did uh, The Economist, there's an economist that I quote all the time, and he wrote a book, uh, The Power to Lead. And in that book, I think it came out in 1984, he says... McGreg- uh, McGregor? Yeah, James McGregor. Good job. He says... Uh, well, "The founding."
1: I'm one of your students.
0: <laughs> James McGregor, 1984, <laughs> The Power to Lead. He said... The founding fathers have been, I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close to the quote. The founding fathers have been too smart for us, too shrewd for us. Frail bridges and tinkering will not get the job done. We cannot go where we want to go except the the American people. The people will not go where we want to go except under a stupendous national crisis and political crisis. So they know they have to manufacture a crisis. Well, what is he saying? Generating an economic crisis that will, will induce demand for universal basic income. Werner speculated that banks will claim that they need the latest technology, meaning the CBDC chip implant, in order to run universal basic income. And this is exactly what World Economic Forum is saying. Noah Harari is saying we'll keep them happy with video games and drugs.